This morning, our reading is from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Well, I don't know about you, but I get excited about hearing people's lives being transformed, hearing the stories of people's lives transformed, seeing how people are stepping out in faith and saying yes to Jesus. I think that's awesome. And uh, I'm encouraged already. And if I didn't say anything more, I think it would be a, an awesome service uh, to have heard this. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should then. <laughs> so, um, we started a series last week on, on healthy relationships. And uh, it was Father's Day last week. That was only one week ago. Can you believe that? Only one week ago, so I have to say. And um, we looked at the characteristics of a man of God, and today we're going to continue that series somewhat in, in a, a little bit of a different way. We're going to look at the relationship that, that Kaz and Gil have talked about this morning, a relationship that moved them to make the decision to be baptised. And this relationship is not based on things that we have done or that Kaz has done or that Gil has done. Rather, it's based upon the acceptance of the action of Christ, that what God has done. So let's pray. I'm going to share a story about a young boy who wasn't great. Our God, we just pray this morning that as we hear from your word, as we engage in a story, that you'll help us to make decisions about our relationship with you. Amen. There was a young boy who was about 11 years old. I've got an 11-year-old boy, and I know what they're like. (laughs) 
He wasn't like this boy, though, my boy. My boy was not like this boy. This boy struggled with his behaviour. He, he had a real struggle with his behaviour. He would always be getting into trouble. He'd disobey his parents. He'd throw tantrums. Um, and he was generally ni- not nice to his brother and sister. That's not you as a Tarquin. Not at all. Um, the parents were at their wit's end. It's not. He's a good kid. He's a really good kid. Uh, parents were at their wit's end trying to work out, how am I going to tame this, this young lad? So 11, how are we going to help them realize that he's not actually being a help to anyone? He's being a hindrance to people. So they got to the boy and said, son, every time you do something wrong, we're going to go wandering down to the back shed and we're going to go to the shed door and we're going to nail a nail into the shed door. It will help you to see how your behavior is affecting everybody. The boy thought, well, it won't be so bad. Every now and again, it'll it'll sort of happen. But then he did something. He talked back to his parents. Just disrespected them. It was just awful. So dad took him, went down to the shed door, got the nail out, said, son, bang the nail in the door. So they did. Nails banged in the door. Kid's like, oh, that's not so bad. One nail, not too bad. Later on that day, uh, nasty to his brother or sister, did something wrong. All right, son, let's go. Bang another nail into the door. Now, two. Unfortunately, on the first day, there was about 30 times they went down to the shed and banged nails in the door, and more and more nails, until eventually the door was fully covered with nails. There's nails all over the door. Am I coming through all right? Yep. Nails all over the door. And the, the young lad started to look at it and go, all right, so this isn't so good. I can see that there's a problem here, that my behaviour, my attitudes, the way I treat my brother and sister, the way I am at school, is not so good. So he said, all right, Dad, let's, let's work on this. I'm willing to work on it. I see it's worked. I understand. So let's work on this. Can we, can we reverse the, the situation? Can we go the other way and say, well, if I'm good, can I take a nail out of the door? Dad said, all right, that that might work. So the boy worked so hard. He worked so hard to be good. And so he'd help his mum and dad out without them even asking, whose kid does that? And he pulled out a nail out of the door. The door doesn't fall over. (laughs) And he got great marks at school and a great report at school because his attitude had changed and his teachers had noticed it. So they went down and they pulled another nail out of the door. There we go. Big nails. And until there was only one nail left in the door. And it was that time where he took his brother out and said, let's go play football outside. His brother loved it, had the best time of his life. And his dad watched with joy as he said, let's go, son. Let's get that last nail out of the door. And they went down to celebrate this moment, this achievement of this this lad transforming his life so much. And they pulled and pulled and pulled and pulled. And the nail came out. And they stood back. And the dad noticed his son looking at the door, despondent. He goes, son, look, all the nails are gone. It's so good. You've done it. What an achievement. What a transformation of your life. And the boy 
just looked sad. I said, I know, Dad, but I can still see the holes. I can still see the holes. And you know what? That lad's life had been changed, had been transformed, but as he looks at the door, the holes are still there. And that's the problem with our human nature, really, isn't it? That there's a reality for all of us is that we've got a door with a whole lot of holes in it. And many people live their lives as if the key to eternity is that at the end of, the, at the end of it all, we don't have any nails in the door. We've got all the nails taken out and our good outweighs the bad and so we think, great. Great. But regardless of how many nails we have in or how many nails we've taken out, there's still going to be holes left in the door, isn't there? And if we extend this analogy further, our reading actually from, the, from Ephesians reiterates that this is futile. Ephesians 2 verse 1, it says, As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins. You are dead in your transgressions. Gives us a very distinct understanding that we are looking at a, there's a before and after sort of thing here. We start with a, a perfectly intact door. No holes. Yet as we make decisions, as we make wrong decisions, we, in verse 3 it says, we start to gratify the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. The nails go in. And even if they come out, the door still is marked. It's not the same as what it started as. So this is what Paul's saying. You are dead in your transgressions. Now, it's not a perfect analogy by any stretch of the imagination, but work with me here. Our door, it's, it's no longer perfect. It has holes. and You may not be able to see it from the back there or anything, but it's got some holes in it. And, and it's not like it was before the nails went in. The door is no longer perfect. And all the things that we do that is not in line with God's standard, it creates the, the hole in the door. It will always have a hole. We cannot patch over the hole ourselves. We can try. We can get some, some sandpaper out and we go to the door and think, oh, if I just smooth over the holes and I sandpaper it down and hopefully the holes won't be as recognised. Or we might get some putty out and, and start to, to, to putty it up and, and patch up the holes. But when putty's there, you still see it, don't you? Even, even if you go and you put some, some paint over it as well, you can still tell that there's been a hole there, can't you? I see it in the walls at home. <laughs> yeah, my holes are bigger than normal people's holes. It's just... <laughs> and if God's standard is a perfect door then we don't make it, do we? We fall short. That's Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all in the same boat. None of us are exempt. No band-aids, no amount of putty, no amount of any other covering is going to change that at all. But just as well there is hope because the message doesn't finish there. In fact, this is the point of the text of Ephesians chapter 2. It changes at about verse 4. And it brings hope for those who have a hole in the door. And it begins with this. It says, but God, this is verse 4, but God. Just those words are hopeful words, aren't they? But. 
You've got a hole in your door, or many, but something else is there. But God, that's a, a good start to verse 4, isn't it? Because it says, but I, not about I, but God has done something. So you may be struggling, you may be feeling far from God, you may not want to even be at church, you may not come to church regularly, but God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love that he has loved us, but God, verse 4, has nothing to do with me or you, but everything to do with God. It's got nothing to do with how lovable I am or how good I've been in the last five weeks. It's about how loving God is. See, God is at the center of these verses. God's action is the key. It is God who is rich in mercy. It is God who loved with a great love. We are just the ones that are dead in our sins and transgressions. And if we move forward to verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 2, this great verse, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it says this, And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. It sums up the door. That verse sums up the door. It is only by the gift of God, nothing to do with us, nothing what we can do can get rid of those holes. It sums up what we're talking about. We're saved because God saw that it is right. God's grace doesn't just patch over the holes. God's grace somehow gives the brand new door again. Through the grace of God, we've moved from being dead in our sin having holes, to being saved by grace, having no holes. And, and Kaz and Gil both shared about that transformation in their lives. They've been saved. They've been made new again. They've been transformed by the grace of God. It's an absolute gift, a gift of God. And the only way to receive it, Ephesians tells us, is by faith. By faith. It's not by what we can do. It's not by how good we might be. It's not by how many times we've read our Bible even. It's by having faith in Jesus Christ. We've been witnesses to the baptisms this morning. Witnesses to the relationship that transformed Kaz and Gil's life. Taking them from death to life. And this morning we also are invited into that relationship through faith. So Ephesians 2 verse 8 says that. It is through faith. That's our end of the bargain, I suppose, if we've got to talk about what we, what our responsibility is, to have faith. See, God provides the grace. We insert faith. And the result is that our door is no longer marked. It's a new door. It's a perfect door. And I wonder if that's a message that you've heard many times, but it's a message that you don't seem to be living out. A message that thinks uh, that something that in your, in your mind you might be thinking, I've heard this story, but I haven't accepted that grace. 
I've been through the process. I've heard about Jesus, but I've never actually accepted him. And this morning, you have that opportunity to do so. It may be that, that you've lived your life for Jesus, but in the last little while that you felt, actually, it's been tough. And so you've been trying to patch over the holes in your door by yourself. This morning might be an opportunity for you to say, Jesus, I'll, I want you to be front and centre. I want you to give me a new door. I don't want to do this journey on my own. Well, perhaps for you, it's just an encouragement for what God's doing in your life. That you can live a life daily knowing that you can serve Jesus regardless of the holes in the door that we believe we've got, but Jesus just doesn't see. So this morning, if that's you, if you're being challenged in any way, shape, or form by what you've heard through the testimonies, by the grace of God through uh, the story of, of a child in the door. In the space that I'm going to give you now, I'm just going to bow our heads. You might want to respond by raising your hand. Just to say, yep, yeah, Jesus, I want you in my life. So I'm going to pray. Leave a couple of, just a, a minute silent for you to reflect. And if that's you, you might want to just put your hand up. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything, but you might want to just put your hand up. Um, just as a, an action towards God to say, yeah, yeah. It might be a challenge for you to be baptised, whatever it might be. You might just want to put your hand up where you sit. Let's pray. Well, God, Alice, this morning we've uh, heard the stories of, of faith of Kaz and Gil. We thank you for them. We thank you that you've transformed their lives. And we thank you, God, that you are inviting each and every one of us into that same transformation. And God, I want to pray for those who are here this morning that may not have heard this message before, but want to accept that grace that is offered to them. God, I want to pray for those who may have heard this message many times but have never accepted that grace. And God, I want to pray for anyone here that may say, I need to come back to Jesus. So God, as our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, Lord, I pray for each person. And if that's you this morning, you might want to raise your hand in the next few seconds to accept Jesus and to invite him back into your life. We thank you, God. Amen.